Welcome to UC Today. My name is David Dungay. I'm here with William Rubio today from Call Tower. Hi, William. How are you doing? Pretty good, David. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. For our uh, listeners and uh, video audience who may not be familiar with Call Tower, can you uh, give us a quick rundown of, of yourself and the business, please? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks, David, for, for having us on. Appreciate that always. And uh, for everybody out there, my name is William Rubio. I'm the Chief Revenue Officer over at Call Tower. Uh, and Call Tower really focuses on business customers anywhere from about 25 users to thousands. And uh, for the past 18 years, we've been really a pioneer uh, in unified communications. And we are strategically positioned uh, to really deliver a full end-to-end -end solution and not really a product with our core platform. So it's more about solutions more than anything else. Uh, our core platforms, though, do consist of uh, Microsoft, Cisco, and Metaswitch uh, as well. So we do have some pretty good uh, platforms there. And then with these platforms and our global footprint and our gold partner status uh, with Microsoft and with Cisco, we're able to develop or deliver, I should say, these flexible solutions in roughly about 70 countries. Uh, so we're able to provide these platforms separately or integrated together to really make sure that we drive a full end-to-end -end solution for our customers. And we're able to layer on uh, different things like contact centers, Office 365, SIP, SD-WAN, to really provide that full turnkey solution uh, for our clients. So that's kind of, uh, I guess, our elevator pitch of who we are overall. <laughs> overall. Yeah, wow, some big, some big brands in there. Okay, well, let, let's talk about 2020. It's been a uh, one kind of odd year for us all, but for UCAS, in some ways, it's been uh, just an absolute breakout year. Tell us, what's your assessment of the UCAS space sort of today as it, as it stands? Sure, well, you know, 2020 has uh, definitely been a completely different year than what we've been uh, used to previously. Uh, I, I think when you look at it overall, and I'm gonna, you know, first day January, February, March, right, when the whole COVID thing was starting to have that to happen, you had a lot of customers that were saying, or a lot of organizations that were saying, well, we're getting ready to move to unified communications as a service. We're making the transition to the cloud. Uh, I think the earlier adopters were already there and now is becoming more mainstream. But what wound up happening toward that March, April timeframe is it accelerated uh, the plans for a lot of organizations that said, hey, we just got to rip the cord on this and we just got to go and we got to go quickly on it. So for unified communications, as far as the industry goes, it's really accelerated when you start to see some of the the numbers out there as far as the industry being a uh, you know, multi-billion dollar uh, industry really just kind of increasing that, that probably the numbers that we were projecting for 2022 and beyond have really come forth now in, uh, in 2020 overall. So it's really just changed overall that dramatically uh, what we've seen. And unfortunately, it took a pandemic for that to happen, but I think a lot of organizations are really starting to see the benefits of it. Yeah, I think you're right. And uh, you know, some of those organizations uh, you mentioned in your elevator pitch at the beginning, particularly you know, Microsoft and uh, and Cisco. You, I mean, you've developed quite an interesting proposition around these two companies with your sort of integrations. Can you uh, tell us a, a little bit about you know what, why have you pinned your colors to these two uh, uh, massive uh, vendors? Sure. Well, you know, I think prior to 2020, uh, you started to see that there was. Uh, there was a little bit of a compression in the industry, especially around unified communications, because you had everybody pretty much starting to provide similar services. Everybody was doing uh, presence management, uh, video, desktop sharing, uh, 
uh, instant messaging, right? I mean, it was all kind of the, the, the same thing. And then all of a sudden you saw that Microsoft really kind of separated themselves and even Cisco for the most part when they started to implement and, and really launch Microsoft Teams and Cisco WebEx Teams. And what they do, I mean, I at least I kind of call that, I don't know if it's been really coined in the industry, but kind of I call it UCAS 3.0 which is really kind of the next evolution of UCAS. And, and they've really separated themselves again from the competition out there overall, because the uh, what customers are looking for is really the collaboration side, which yeah, Unified Communications did it to a point, but not to the way that Cisco WebEx teams and Microsoft teams is doing it. So they've really kind of set the bar uh, a little bit different overall. So we've always been uh, for the past 18 years, really tied into Cisco and into Microsoft. and. Uh, we just figured that those are really a couple of good horses to really invest in. The core platforms are bar none the best uh, in the industry. And what we bring to the table is really just those add-on services and the support features that those big organizations really lack. Uh, and they lack them on purpose. They really focus more on organizations like Call Tower, which are their partners to really bring that added service and solutions uh, to the table. So uh, we feel really comfortable where we're at overall. Our customers are really uh, excited with what we're doing into 2021. Uh, and Cisco and Microsoft are the leaders. You know, that's I don't think that that's going to change anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to uh, disagree with that. You know, Microsoft recently just announced they've hit uh, 115 million daily active users on, on Teams, which is just phenomenal growth. Okay, should we should we start with with Microsoft Teams and uh, and the road the roadmap there? Can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, you know what what what's going on from a development point of view? And you mentioned in your in your in your last piece there about this UCAS three three point You know what what does that mean and how does Microsoft fit into that? Sure. Well, you know Microsoft is at the at the core right of the of of the foundation of everything that's being provided uh, within that UCAS offering overall. Uh, but we do also understand that some customers are looking for more uh, than just some of the basic unified communications uh, services, including the collaboration piece, right? So what I mean by that is different things like SMS texting, uh, CCAS, right? A lot of times they're now implementing CCAS uh, into their UCAS offering overall, faxing, credit card machines, door buzzers, paging, uh, equipment management, whether it's headsets, whether it's video uh, type of uh, room services or even handsets. Those are different things that Microsoft as part of their core platform just is not interested in providing. You know, it's just not part of their, their call offering. So that's when somebody like Call Tower comes in and really just provides that full end-to-end -end solution. You want CCAS, you don't have to go somewhere to, to a UCAS or to a CCAS provider. We app actually have a couple different options, one being 5.9, uh, and another one being what we call our call tower contact center solution, uh, which is a private label that we do, but it's all invoiced and supplied by call tower. So we do the maintenance, the support, the onboarding, the design, all for the customers to make sure that we provide them the full end-to-end -end solution. And that's what they're looking for. So they like the core, but they want more than just the core. And that's what call tower does. Uh, can, can you tell us anything about uh, twenty twenty one? And you know, are, are we going to see any exciting new plans that you can tell us about around the uh, team's proposition? Sure, sure. So you know, one, one of the things that uh, we've been hearing from our customers, and we get a lot from potential customers and also our existing customers, is say, "Hey, we love this. You know, we love what Microsoft Teams is doing overall." Uh, we have a concern. What if Microsoft Teams? I mean, like anything else, nothing is one hundred percent risk proof. 
So what happens if, if Microsoft Teams go, goes down? Before, you know, with Microsoft, if my email goes down, if my instant messaging goes down, okay, I can live with that for a little bit because I know I'm going to get those emails eventually. But if my voice goes down, if my CCAST goes down, uh, you know, what am I going to do, right? I'm putting all my eggs in one basket. So one of the things that we've done, and we're just continuing to enhance it because we do offer it now, is we're giving customers uh, different solutions uh, to make sure that if in case there is some type of service interruption on the application with Microsoft, that we could divert their calls, reroute them uh, either automatically or manually uh, for the customers. It just really depends on who the user is. So what we might do is maybe for an office instance, uh, we'll reroute their main number to another location or to another platform like MetaSwitch, which was just uh, actually acquired by Microsoft in May, and we are a, micro, uh, a MetaSwitch partner as well. Uh, or we can just manually take an individual's DID or telephone number and just reroute it to their mobile number uh, or to another device. So we are coming up with different solutions for customers uh, so that they can continue to have some type of business continuity uh, overall. That's that's really one of the main things uh, that we're looking on and focusing that we're really going to continue to enhance uh, in 2021. Sure. Okay. And, you know, we're talking about uh, routing now, routing for our American friends. Um, you know, di direct routing and the Microsoft uh, proposition, you know, it's, it's a huge opportunity, especially for channel partners out there. Um, you know, what I've noticed, you know, Call, call Tower, you've got this uh, native direct routing. You know, why, why is, can you explain what that is, first of all, and why, you know, partners need to be looking at native direct routing as opposed to anything else? Sure. Well, the, the biggest difference is when you're actually a native direct routing, direct routing partner, depending on what part of the pond you're on. Uh, the, the big thing there is that what we do is we take advantage of the full PBX uh, system that Microsoft provides, which is what some of the others are not currently doing. They're using a third party connection on the back end, which just adds another layer of risk, another layer of vulnerability, and sometimes adds um, it adds cost as well. And really, you can kind of do the litmus test on it overall, which is you could say, hey, can I use any physical phone on Microsoft Teams? If they say yes, then you know it's not native, right? You should be only using certified uh, Microsoft Teams uh, handsets and, and headsets overall. The other part of that, too, is that it's not supported by Microsoft. So when something like that does happen, that go, that that is an issue. Uh, Microsoft is not going to be able to, to, to help you. And in a lot of cases, uh, the partner that you're working with, they're going to kind of have their hands tied as well. The other thing is if, the, if they're telling you that your auto attendance, your call cues, which are pretty much your um, uh, old school telephony hunk groups, when they tell you you got to go to their portal instead of your Office 365 portal to make those changes, you know it's not native. So again, what happens is it just adds more risk. You're the, the voice connectivity that you're using as far as uh, the actual language, it, it's not the same uh, as what Microsoft recommends. So you have a lot of different um, a lot of different worries that you have to worry about on the back end when you're not native uh, into it overall. And then even the integration with Outlook overall that you could just click to dial uh, from Outlook. You don't have to change Windows uh, to actually provide any of those functionality. It just really makes a big difference. Yeah. So, I mean, how far up the list of uh, sort of concerns is is this sort of security and this integration piece um, from a partner perspective? You know, uh, what are they asking you? What are they worried about at the moment? 
Well, you know, the, the security is a big, a big part of it, right? I mean, I think when you look at, at Cisco and Microsoft, in both cases, uh, a lot of IT organizations really uh, sleep better at night knowing that they are using Microsoft and Cisco because of the stability and because of the security that it brings to the table. I mean, we could talk about the, the third 800-pound uh, gorilla in the room, Zoom, right? We all know that Zoom has had a lot of security breaches uh, lately, and uh, you know, they'll, they'll get some of that corrected overall, but just the foundation is a little bit different overall. So when you're looking at the partners and you're looking at organizations, IT teams are, are not really growing, right? In a lot of cases, they're just kind of either staying the same or shrinking in some cases. And the IT teams don't have the times to really go in, uh, don't have really the effort or time to go in uh, and actually start studying and really figure out what's best for them. And these partners come into play that are these consultants that can bring multiple solutions to the table uh, to really help out overall. So I think first and core is how can I provide the right tools to my customers, to my employees, but also want to make sure it's a stable, secure platform. And then let's talk about the rest. But those two are just fundamental and core uh, to what they need. And partners bring that to the table. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, let's um, let's get into WebEx Teams a little bit now. You know, what's on the roadmap for 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 WebEx? Uh, you know, what are you, what are your partners asking you about around around that piece of technology? Sure. So so similar to Microsoft Teams, you know, WebEx uh, Teams is kind of funny that they both uh, are using the same the same name. So maybe they had the same third party marketing brand uh, marketing arm that that came out with Teams overall. But uh, you know, Cisco is playing a little bit of catch up right now. Uh, I think Cisco, when you're looking at Cisco and Microsoft, Microsoft first was looked at as a uh, unified communications platform that does voice. And I think Cisco is the opposite. It's a voice platform that does unified communications and, and does collaboration. So I think there's a, a little bit of synergies there on both ends. You can see that Microsoft and, and Cisco overall are kind of playing nice with each other. I think that they want to continue to be the leaders and they realize that I think the last statistic on it, David, and don't don't quote me on it exactly, but I think they owned about 73 percent of the market share as far as unified communications. Everybody else has 25 to 27 percent. Right. So uh, a big difference there. And when you're looking at uh, Cisco, what they're doing on the collaboration side and integrating that with either their Cisco WebEx calling their Cisco HCS, which is what we provide uh, on the back end. Uh, and then also when you start to add in Meraki and you start to add in the contact center side with WebEx contact center or UCCX, they're bringing the contact center piece, which Microsoft is partnering uh, with some organizations. And I think that's where a differentiation comes. So I think the collab side, uh, Microsoft from an instant um, messaging and presence standpoint, I think they've cornered that. And I think that they've known that. And I think Cisco is saying, great, we'll give you guys that win but we're going to take the win on the contact center side because we're developing that uh, through Cisco WebEx contact center and through their UCCX, which is uh, their enterprise uh, offering. Yeah. I mean, do you think Microsoft will ever get around to uh, fulfilling these small sort of niche plays around, around their products that uh, they, they currently partner for? Or do you, do you think we're all going to, always going to have this sort of rich ecosystem behind, behind, these, well, behind these two vendors, really? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think Microsoft is very comfortable about where they're at. I think for, for them, it's really just adoption on their existing licenses, what they have, whether, uh, you know, it's an E3 or a Visio plan, right? I mean, that's, that's, I think what they're, what they're, uh, core in. I don't really think that they'll look at the contact center, at least here short term. I mean, I don't, I don't have a crystal ball. 
Uh, it would make sense at some point, but at the same time, they depend. I think about 90% of their business comes from value-added resellers like Call Tower and some of the partners on the CCAS side. So I think for them, it's they rather have these organizations continue to do the support and really do the customization. But Microsoft just wants to be the brains, right? They want to continue to be that that core platform, and that's what Cisco is doing to a point as well. Sure. Okay. I mean, if you if you could encapsulate uh, Call Tower sort of USPs. You know, Microsoft, Cisco, par partners and customers, there's a, there's a lot of places you can buy both of those vendors, uh, you know, from. Uh, you know, what, why, why should people really come to, to call to? What, what are those core sort of USPs? Yeah, I, I think with us, the, the first and foremost is you, you want to make sure that you have an organization that has the experience, uh, both with Cisco and Microsoft, which we bring to the table, right? 18 years or so partnering uh, with Cisco and about 12 or 13 years ready partnering with Microsoft overall. So it's a, we're a proven organization, right? We have hundreds of thousands of users uh, overall on our platform. So I think that that's one is the validity of, of what we bring to that table. The second part of it is with the um, integration of MetaSwitch, which ironically enough, we have been a MetaSwitch partner for years already and Microsoft bought them. So that's obviously, I think, a benefit. The, the meta switch side of it is really critical because it does fill in the gaps of the limitations of both of those platforms. So for us, we're not going to send one of our customers to go get those additional features from a third party or multiple different vendors. We're able to provide and fill in those gaps that each platform, again, has their advantages, but they have their limitations. So we're able to do that. Uh, the fact that we're in seven different countries that we could provide the services, uh, it gives that one that one-stop shop type of vendor mentality for the IT organizations to really manage um, that really helps them. The 24 by 7 support uh, that you could call in and you could talk to a human of somebody that actually knows those platforms. We require a lot of certifications uh, with our tier one support and up so that it's not a glorified answering service. They're not going to answer and say someone's going to call you back. They can resolve the issues right then and there, I think really make a big difference. And then when you start to add in CRM integration, CCAS, um, when you start to add in the SD-WAN piece that we do with our, our CT Cloud Boost, which is really for us, it's more about SD Internet because we're really just enhancing all those, cl all those cloud applications that usually customers are already moving to. Uh, it, it's just a value add that a lot of customers really see the benefit that we bring to the table. We're doing that heavy lifting uh, for them. We've done that selection on the CCAS and on the UCAS side, uh, and we still give them options, right? So we still give them the ability to integrate uh, or make changes. And then just even the equipment side of it that you want to get headsets, we could give you those. We're uh, a big uh, Polycom and Yealink and Cisco uh, hardware providers on all three. So we could provide those different types of equipment as well. So you don't have to go somewhere else and get them. Sure. Okay. Well, you, you've already mentioned uh, you don't have a crystal ball, but I would, I would, I would like a bit of an insight into 2021. We're, we're, we're in the strange period. Uh, it looks like it's going to continue at least for a short while. Well, hopefully only a short while. I mean, what what is 2021 going to bring, um, you know, for the market and for Cool Tower? Sure. Well, I, I think uh, what happened over the first few months during the pandemic, and uh, I'm talking more March, April, May, and probably June, is that you saw that there was a big scramble, right? It was kind of the big scramble of 2020. It was everybody needs to go remote. We need to figure out how we could get the right tools in the hands of our employees that are now going to be remote with security in mind. But let's just get that done. Let's just get that done as quickly as we can and stabilize 
our organization so that we could continue to service our customers. So I think that phase one is over. I think everyone's kind of been stable and uh, it kind of trickled a little bit more into uh, into the uh, beginning of the fall uh, season as well. And now what you're starting to see and and we're starting to see October, November, December and probably into into 2021 is IT organizations are shifting some of their budget that they had allocated for other items and really focusing on let's solidify our, our UCAS and our CCAS offering going forward. What is our long term? Uh, plan instead of just what we're going to band-aid to really make it work. So uh, I think uh, commercial real estate is probably a big negotiation tool coming up in 2021, right? You have large organizations like Google saying that they're not going back into the workforce or not going back to the office until June. Uh, some are going to be permanently from home. So now the long-term decisions are what we're going to start to see. I think everybody was kind of looking at Let's let's uh, you know kind of plug up the holes, right, and and figure out what we have to do short term. And now we're going into okay, what are we going to do over the next two to three years? Because this is not going to change, right? It's the new reality that we have to that we have to work or, or deal with. And uh, some companies are going to have people going to the office two days a week. Some are going to go one week yes, one week no. Uh, so now they're going to just continue plan for that long term. Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm quite enjoying this new reality um, that we're all in as well, you know, because it gives me a bit of extra flexibility of my life as it does with everyone. So, uh, yeah. So, William, I think that's a really great place to end. Um, thank you so much for joining me. And uh, thank, thank you for watching. You've been watching UC Today. My name is David Dungate. If you like today's chat, don't forget to give us a like or a share on social media. Thanks for watching. Thank you, David.